You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their sassy journey, visit netskope.com. Affected enterprises are restoring services after last week's NotPetya pandemic. Maersk's experience prompts some introspection in the logistics sector. Ukraine prepares to charge Emmy Doc's maker with criminal negligence for allowing the infection to take hold. NotPetya's tied to black energy and thence to a state actor. NATO's not saying it's Russia, but Ukraine is. FSB certificates allegedly express links between FSB and Kaspersky. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, July 5th, 2017. Yesterday marked the passage of the first week in the NotPetya disruptive malware pandemic. It's taken most affected enterprises from Maersk to DLA Piper to Ukraine's banking systems just about that amount of time to restore a tolerable level of service. Maersk announced Monday that it was finally able to bring its major systems back online after sustaining a hit to global operations from the NotPetya wiper attack. Port services reopened Sunday, many of them using manual operations, and other aspects of recovery continue. The hit was substantial. Maersk, which is by no means an inattentive or poorly resourced outfit, is working through a six-day backlog. Among the ports that returned to operation in substantially manual mode are Gothenburg, Sweden, and the U.S. ports of Los Angeles, Mobile, and Port Elizabeth, all big cargo handlers. The NotPetya attack and its effect on Maersk has led the shipping and logistics industry to some security introspection. Self-examination leads to uncomfortable insights. We heard from Lars Jensen of the maritime cybersecurity company CyberKeel, who summarized some of those insights as follows. Quote, A top-20 carrier allows shippers using their e-commerce platform to use X as their password. A port terminal has a server running the access to their e-commerce tools, which is so old that it can be readily taken over using tools one can download directly from the Internet. A top five carrier claims that the password 12345 is of medium strength. 10% of carriers and 20% of the sampled ports and terminals have still not patched the vulnerabilities related to the Poodle and Heartbleed cyber threats, which emerged more than two and a half years ago. End quote. Jensen also notes that the apparent ease with which the attack propagated laterally across infected networks is a disturbing indicator that security levels are generally too low for comfort. Returning to Ukraine, where the infestation began, authorities are moving forward with their investigation. Police have seized servers belonging to Intellect Service, the small, family-owned software outfit whose ME-Doc tax accounting product appears to have been the initial source of NotPetya infestations. A high-ranking official in Ukraine's police unit charged with investigating cybercrime says that Intellect Service should expect criminal charges. 
Intellect Service, which says it's cooperating fully with the police, denies having anything to do with the attack and says their code was clean when they released it. It seems fair to say that NATO's statement on the attack represents, at this point, consensus. NATO thinks the attack was the work of a state actor, but the Atlantic Alliance's Cooperative Cyber Defense Center of Excellence in Tallinn declines to say exactly which state that would be. The statement about the attack mentions, in passing, that cyber attacks with physical consequences could trigger NATO's Article 5, Collective Defense, but was silent on whether this would be one of those cases. Almost certainly not, but the statements do suggest the rough area where NATO will draw its Article 5 line, somewhere on the side of physical consequences. The NotPetya attack on Ukraine, with either intentional or collateral damage throughout most of the rest of the world, has been tied more closely to Russian services as researchers at Kaspersky, ESET, and elsewhere find links to the Black Energy APT group. That APT has long been suspected of being a Russian cat's paw. In fairness to Kaspersky and ESET, neither draw that explicit conclusion, but Ukraine's government certainly has. They're convinced the incident is another shot in Moscow's hybrid war aimed at re-engulfing Ukraine. It's probably safe to say that one thing we all wish we had more of is time. And when it comes to security investigations, time is of the essence. The folks at Splunk recently sponsored an IDC info brief titled Investigation or Exasperation, the State of Security Operations. Haiyan Song is SVP and General Manager for Security Markets at Splunk. You know, we always talk about the ideal situation security needs to be proactive. Unfortunately, one of the things we've found is the security investment in tools and technology, even operations, 70% of the companies actually do that after a series of breach. It's still good to do it, but I think it will be much better if we can take a proactive approach. And since we're in the security information event management and analytics space, one of the interesting things we find is 72% of U.S. companies are not fully taking advantage of the capabilities. And in connection with you know the skill shortage and the fact that we have to deal with a lot of sophisticated attacks and that's morphing all the time, we also sort of surveyed around how people are using uh, machine learning, like advanced data science technology like ma- machine learning. Certainly, we're still in a very early stage. Uh, is 81% of U.S. companies are not at all or not extensively really leveraging that. Um, that's interesting because a lot of the new sophisticated uh, attacks, you really cannot use known patterns and rules. you got to really go look for anomalies, look for the baselining to start with, and using threat modeling to bring out some of the unknowns. Uh, that That's really the biggest challenge for a lot of security operations. There's still a lot of time that the security analysts have to invest to even just sort of take care of or address one security incidence or alert. Some of them will turn out to be real. You know, it's still days and hours. That's the granularity we're looking at. But for security, you know, in the computer world, 
minutes, it's long, let alone hours or days. 39% still sort of report that it takes average two to four hours to resolve an incident, and we need to get them to minutes. And uh, so investigation, forensics, and automation becomes really key uh, in improving that stat. That's Haiyan Song from Splunk. The report is called Investigation or Exasperation, the State of Security Operations. You can find it on the Splunk website. Two cryptocurrency services have come under attack, the BitThumb Exchange and client-side Ethereum wallet Classic Ether. BitThumb users lost both Bitcoin and Ethereum. Classic Ether wallet's website was hijacked. Researchers at Sucuri have found an SQL injection flaw in a widely used WordPress plugin, WordPress statistics. Look to your blogs, bloggers. Kaspersky, which has responded to U.S. congressional suspicions of its connections to Moscow by offering to show the U.S. its source code, remains under scrutiny. McClatchy is reporting on certificates Russia's FSB issued to the company that appear to associate it with an intelligence program. While connections among security companies and intelligence services are far from unusual, experts consulted by McClatchy think that the certificates appear, at the very least, to be odd ones and worth further scrutiny. The bear, suspected of consorting with Kaspersky, by the way, would be Cozy Bear, not her sister Fancy. Russian authorities aren't happy with the suspicions and tell the U.S. to expect blowback. Maybe, the communications minister suggests, Russia will stop using Microsoft and Cisco products. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. And now a word from our sponsor, Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks and optimizing operational efficiency. With Sixth Sense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals. Confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose Sixth Sense, visit SixthSense.com. 
joining me once again is Professor Awais Rashid. He heads the Academic Center of Excellence in Cybersecurity Research at Lancaster University. Uh, Professor, welcome back. You know, with this recent uh, high-profile ransomware attack, of course, uh, WannaCry and the disruption it did to the NHS uh, in England, uh, you wanted to talk some about the anatomy of attacks and sort of getting back to the basics. Thank you very much for having me uh, again. Uh, indeed, uh, I think the ransomware attack that disrupted um, m- many different systems across the world, but most notably the National Health Service uh, in, in the UK, just simply demonstrates what is effectively a fairly simple type of attack in the sense that it's it's an attack that locks out your files and, and access to your disk can disrupt uh, one of the largest organizations in the world. Uh, and to look at the causes of this disruption, we need to really look back at the anatomy of an attack. And normally what, what would happen is that an attacker breaches the system, uh, for example, through a weaponized document or a, or, a, or a payload, which could come via a phishing attack or any other other uh, means to deliver it into the network. And then their goal tends to be is to uh, get some kind of a command and control infrastructure set up and also do lateral movement and uh, move across the network. And what we can see in this case is that that, that has happened with, with relative ease uh, in the sense that yes, the, uh, uh, we don't we don't fully know what was the initial point of uh, point of breach, but. Uh, once the initial point of breach had been reached by the attacker, the attack moved very quickly, not only within a particular part of the organization, but across many, many national health service trusts across the country. That leads leads to the very fundamental question as to how basic security practices can actually disrupt uh, different types of attacks. And what we know in this case is that some of the uh, systems were based on Windows XP, which is which is an outdated system and is not supported currently by Microsoft, but also that the particular vulnerability has been known since March and patches were available, but they weren't applied. And, and that leads to the particular question about uh, security investment, good security practices, and good good security hygiene. But also another really fundamental thing, which I often uh, teach my students on a, on a regular basis, is that it's not only what you do to keep an attacker out, and in this case, clearly things could have been done uh, by patching systems to at least make it harder for the attackers to breach the system, but also what what happens once a breach has occurred, what kind of recovery plans are in place. And for a complex and highly critical organization such as the National Health Service, for it to be disrupted on a large scale for such a, a long period of time uh, is, 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 is a big, big problem. And, and one of the questions we have to ask is what kind of recovery plans were in place? What kind of backup systems were in place? And why did it take so long for the system to come back online? But equally, why was it so easy in terms of what kind of network isolation was put in place or not that m- made it possible for, for the attack to move laterally across the organization very, very quickly? One of the things I've heard about these sorts of attacks, particularly when it comes to healthcare, and I'm not sure this was the case with uh, with NHS, that sometimes uh, restoring from backup can take more time than simply paying the ransomware and having the files unlocked. 
Yes, but that might be the case. But first of all, one would never condone paying the ransom for a ransomware because ultimately the attacker's motives uh, are e- economic, and and that that simply plays into the uh, into the attacker's uh, motivation. But uh, equally, in this case, uh, a lot of these systems are not always set up with with, for example, local files and so on. They're often delivered from a server, and we just do not know in this case what was the scale of the infection. For example, did the ransomware also lock sort of key key servers within the organization that were that were delivering those files to the terminals if you think about it the ransomware is a fairly a simple attack, whatever vulnerability may have been exploited here, it is a fairly simple attack that it simply encrypts your disk. Uh, and if you have effective backups and you can restore them quickly, uh, then uh, the attacker's purpose is defeated because their purpose is to get money to unlock your data. But if you can restore your data fairly quickly, then th- their purpose is defeated. So I, I, I do think that an effective recovery plan uh, in, in such cases is actually very, very important. All right. Good information. Professor Awais Rashid, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here, your host over at T Minus Space Daily, and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K CyberWire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the darknet, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. 
With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. Cyberwire. 